Hi, I'm Sarah Bentley Pearson, and I live here in Atlanta. I am sort of a renegade because I have done styling work, but my main job has been real estate, and I started that in 2005. And because I'm not from Atlanta, I created a list called Sarah's List. And then through the styling and all the work that I've done, I created my Instagram account, Sarah Styles Your Life. And I just decided after realizing how many wonderful people I have met that I wanted to create a podcast to share with you all the great people that I have met throughout the Southeast. There are so many talented people here, and I feel like Atlanta is really, or the Southeast in general, is really an innovator. And I hope that you will enjoy all my interesting, diverse guests that I'm going to bring throughout the years. I'm so excited to introduce John Howard. He has a firm called Howard Design Studio. His work is absolutely beautiful, and he is a Georgia native. We will just talk about all the beautiful gardens that he's created in Atlanta, the Southeast, and other parts of the United States. I'm excited for you all to meet him. I respect him so much, and I hope you will find him as exciting and interesting as I do. So why don't you just tell me a little bit, I I wanted to create this podcast for people who inspire me, and I want to hear more about what inspires you. Okay. And I see that you like to travel a lot, and I want to hear about the metaphysics and all of that, but why don't you just tell me a little bit, was your line to becoming a landscape architect a straight line? Because it sounds like you went to school for that, and you kind of, it sounds like you knew that you wanted to do this from a young age. Well, it was not exactly a straight line. No. But... But it, I did make a decision fairly early to go into landscape architecture and study that in college. So, you know, like in, in high school, I um, did drafting. I worked for architects and engineers all through high school. So I knew I wanted to be in a creative field. But it really wasn't until I started researching college curriculum that I even discovered what that there was a profession of landscape architecture. So it really combined a lot of interest. So you, you sort of picked the field before you knew it was something you really wanted to do for your life? Yes. If career, you know, yeah. it was just like, okay, I'll do this. And then as, as you got into it, you sort of loved, loved it even more. Is that right? Yeah, like, well, I, I, I wanted to be in a creative career. Right. But I, I was thinking it was going to be architecture, graphic design interior design it, I knew it would be design of some sort well you are a tastemaker I mean I, I I've seen your work before but I really spent some time looking at your you know your page and you know your website and all of that and it it is really my aesthetic because it's green clean not a lot of color just very simple but extremely beautiful and so you must have a great eye you know you must love art I'm assuming you do, and interiors, I, and I, it probably all goes together. Absolutely. But but how did what was your first big job here in Atlanta? Well, it kind of grew. My my early career in landscape architecture, I did a lot of corporate work, and when really when I started my own firm, I discovered residential design, 
which is mm -hmm. what we almost exclusively do mm -hmm. at my firm now. Mm -hmm. So um, I just kind of found my way into it and realized that dealing with residential clients, that everything was coming from the heart, from emotion. All the decisions that were being made from the client were from a place of uh, really desiring something and, and wanting it rather than a bottom line budget number like the developers in the corporate world right. had. Well, when we were speaking to Young last week, he said that he felt bad for the landscape architects because the budget gets shaved on a project with you guys because everybody wants to do everything on the inside and that, you know, and I know on the little bit of work that I've done that I've, I've really regretted not starting with the outside because it takes time to grow and formulate and it really can take a very average house and make it super beautiful. Um, so I'm sure you run into that with clients that, you know, the money is running out on the it, budget. It so, does happen. So how do you, Sometimes. how, well, that I've also heard that a lot of times you're building a story about a person before you start the project. Is that how you do it? Um, some, sometimes building, building a story. Um, and then other, other times it's just spending enough time with someone to know something about them so that I can create, create a space or spaces for them that I think will enhance who they already are. So it's, it's really, my, my process usually at the beginning is finding out a lot about them. I always wanna go through their house first and oh. see the house, see how they live, see how the rooms work. Oh, really? And so you want to, I mean, because a lot of times I think the, the landscape architecture goes with the house, like on the outside, but no, you're really trying to personalize it? Personalize it, and like the outdoor spaces, I think, need to have some relationship to the way the inside of the house lives. Because mm -hmm. I, th I think about it as being really the same thing, creating space for living. It just happens to be exterior space. And And what do you... I, it looks like your work, I mean, I noticed that you, you got the Schutze Award, which is very classic architecture, so I'm assuming that's more of your classic work, but are you st sticking with that because cause that's, you know, really works, or what are you seeing coming in the future, especially with droughts and all, I mean, we have a rainy day today, but in general, you know, the, people are more concerned about wasting water and what are, what are you seeing as the future for landscape architecture? Well, I don't know. That's a, that's a big question. Uh, let, let me answer the part about the, um, about the traditional work okay. first. So um, I'm actually kind of a modernist. Mm. I have a very clean personal aesthetic. I live in a modern interior and um, I like simple, beautiful, things. So that's what like my personal sense of aesthetic. And but the eastern part of the, the US where bulk of my work is um, tends to take all of its precedence from Western Europe. And it's very traditional. So mm -hmm. the 
the um, the architecture that's out there is traditional for the most part. It's not like California where you know there's a lot of modern there. So, um, but I try to bring my sense of loving clean lines, minimalism to the work. So I think that's what some people see in my work where they say, well, everything's so clean. But I love that about your work yeah. because it's very, it's very tidy and defined and rich looking in my opinion. I mean, I don't, I don't like a, a lot of busyness. So I think that but how does that, how is that different when, um, say, from out, out west and how they do it? Are, well, let me back up and say, do you, do you hate turf? No, I don't, I don't hate turf at all. I oh. think it has its place. So, I mean, but, are you working with it more? I've noticed some, it in a lot of the yeah. really nice houses in Atlanta, the new ones, um, like that Stan Benecki recently did on Tuxedo, it, it had turf. And it, it appealed to me just because the ease of it all and, and it, you're talking about synthetic turf right right yeah mm -hmm. um i use it sometimes mm -hmm. i i don't um suggest it but if someone wants to use it if the situation's right we'll we'll do that and why do you not suggest it because i like real grass. i like the real thing yes yeah but but don't you find in your tidiness that now you could you you know using real plants around it, but don't you think that it it lends itself to a more tidy aesthetic or not necessarily? Well, it can. I mean, I think it needs borders. Mm -hmm. So when you use it, like if if there's a like rectilinear space where I can do granite cobbles or an edge to it, the you know the the turf has to be kind of tucked. Kind of like carpeting, like wall-to-wall -wall carpeting. Mm -hmm. You have to have something on the edges that holds it. So I think it works best when you have a, a really um, architectural space where you can do that. So it is like a rug that you lay down. Like boxwoods or whatever going well, bo around? Boxwoods or some kind of hardscape that okay. you can take it to. Right. So I do, I do use it, but it's, um, I would say it's um, on a small percentage of our projects well and in, in the south we do have beautiful gardens and it's very green and i don't see it a lot here but I, I just sometimes think especially when it's raining and i see people's sprinklers going it makes me furious of the with the waste so i like the the cleanliness of it mm -hmm. and i notice that you travel a lot and you like to see gardens and i watch you on instagram with that what are your favorite gardens um that you've been able to see in the world wow um there's a lot of them out there. There's always more to see. I, I, I love Europe. I go to Europe frequently. Actually, I just came back from Nice, and it was the first time I've traveled it's really since the pandemic started. Right. So it's been a couple of years, mm -hmm. and it was just so nice to be out of the country again. But mm -hmm. I, I always build in gardens to my travels, as you can imagine. So um, gardens and, you know, I really like architecture as well. So mm -hmm. like if I can find a, um, like a, a manor house or a chateau or something that has it all, <laughs> that's where I end up. Right, right. Yeah.
But other than like a place like Versailles, which is very obvious, what are some some gardens or some special houses that you've seen that maybe we may not know of? Well, I really when I was when I first started going to Europe when I was about about thirty years ago when I could really afford to start traveling. Um, I would research at the time. It was like with books. I would look through books and I would see beautiful places. And most of them were not things that were open to the public. They were private residences and they, um, I could find the location with research. I could find out who owned it and I would hand write the owners and tell them who I was that, that my um, education, my continuing education, was built on seeing great gardens of the world. So people who have gardens are usually really special people, and they like sharing gardens with other garden enthusiasts. And I would say about 90% of the people I wrote to would write me back, and we'd make an appointment, and I'd get directions, I'd go there, and have a private tour. So that's kind of how it started out, that, that I would do that, and it was amazing. And it's like, you know, what, what, do you, what do you, how do you, you know, reward someone or thank them for mm-hmm. that? So I would, um, I would take seeds from my grandmother's garden oh. and package them up and put my logo on it and all of this and I would take them a, a pack of the special seeds like one year I did black hollyhocks that are kind of like an eggplant color and I would take them and give them a pack of the seeds when I, when I left and it, the response was like really amazing well and did any of them ever turn into longtime friendships from going to some a stranger's house and meeting somebody and you know it just a few of them i've i've kept in touch with mm. and a few I, i've actually been back to over the years i love that i i love having those sort of impromptu experiences and um being able to see how other people live who what are some of your favorite houses here in the southeast maybe ones you've worked on or maybe ones that you've just admired are there any I mean, there are a lot of great houses here in Atlanta, but I am focusing on the Southeast in general. Mm-hmm. So if there are any architects or um, any any projects in particular that you think are really a great representation of your work. Or well, of course, you know, we have the Swan House here mm-hmm. in Atlanta, which is an amazing house and garden. Right. And, you know, there, there's, um, I, I would... I would say, like, locally, that's probably the greatest house and garden combination mm. that exists. Mm. Um, but, the, you know, there are, from that period, there, there are other houses up and down the eastern seaboard that are, are kind of from the Golden Age era that are available for people to go and and tour there's Dunbar Nugs in Washington. Yeah, we were just talking about that with Young and how we used to 
sneak in and go skinny dipping after we go clubbing because you could just uh, scale the wall and all the kids in dc did that and it was so beautiful and it's a museum now so it's open to the public right not at 3 a.m but anyway we yeah. were doing that <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah I, I i actually got married recently uh in melanie turner's house which is a schutzi house too and yes. they really when they bought that house I, you know, it just gave me anxiety, like, oh my God, because it was sort of crumbling and they re- revived it and did the garden so beautifully. Yeah, it's, it's a, that's a fabulous house and it, thank goodness that... They bought it, yeah. They bought it mm-hmm. because I, I love how, you know, they've been really good caregivers for the house and, you know, really nurtured it kind of back to life. Mm-hmm. I actually helped them with, with the with the garden the rear, oh did you the yeah. oh it's beautiful and, and that's where I got married and it just you know because sadly you know that a lot of people that were lucky enough to own these houses you know the money ran out because generations past had actually earned the money and so that that house is a perfect example of that because the street has no representation of the house and they were able to really shield kind of screen, them, it you screen it off yeah. and it looked it looks beautiful and um yeah i i just i love that garden i hope that you all will enjoy my wonderful sponsor la stein la stein was created by lisa stein and her work is beautiful she has given us a special discount for all of my customers and that is the promo code sarah s-a-r-a-h 15. It's the new year. Start your collection. So um, are there any things um, that people are asking for that's sort of unique? Uh, we, we've been sort of discussing with interiors how people love beautiful closets now and um, sculleries, you know, but still having the kitchen. Is there anything in particular that you find your clients are asking for that's unique? Well, um, in general, people are looking for spaces to entertain in outside mm. and um, some want outdoor kitchens um, some want most want outdoor dining somewhere even if there's not an outdoor kitchen but um, you know usually they want to be able to cook somewhere so, sometimes it's just grilling and sometimes it gets very elaborate with with um, you know it's like almost a full kitchen outside but so, don't you find our climates a little bit tough? It sort of is either too hot or then it goes cool. It's not like L.A. or something where you can well, really live no, outside. Well, it's not like L.A., which, you know, has so many more days and, you know, less humid weather. <laughs> but I think we have a really long season here. So, I mean, even our winters, we can have beautiful 60-degree days in, in the winter and people can use their outdoor spaces. Yeah, I'm, I always, I love an outdoor space, and I, but I feel like in the South, like maybe if it's screened in or you have a fireplace outside to accommodate when it gets cooler and then somehow figure out what to do when it's really hot in the summer. Um, well, people do build a lot of swimming pools. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. I mean, yeah. everybody wants a pool now. Every, everyone wants a pool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It used to be something that was sort of a negative on a house, and sometimes, but now everybody seems to want them, and it really enhances You have to get house. in line for it. <laughs> I mean, really, the, the, the pool contractors are backlogged. Mm-hmm. 
and it's, it's kind of crazy. I've, I've never seen it like that, but they really have a backlog because I think COVID really made people think about home. You know, the interior of the homes, their outdoor spaces, the fact that everyone had to sequester themselves and their families, that they started recognizing that maybe there were a lot of things that they could improve and wanted to do differently, having spent that much time there. Yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like, you know, people are really resistant to go back to the office full time now, but I'm sure, you know, I'm sure eventually we will because I find that, you know, I'm, I am more productive if I get out of the house. But do you do projects, commercial projects too, to kind of bring a softness to a commercial project? And do they ever ask for spaces where people can relax or meditate or no? Is that still d- too woo-woo d- for Atlanta? Well, I, I, I don't do a lot of commercial because it's really not what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done some clubs, some private clubs. I've helped the Piedmont Driving Club here. Um, when they renovated it, I don't know, it was maybe seven years ago. Yeah, so and that I, was a beautiful renovation. And they wanted something that was more residential feeling to it. They wanted to have a garden aspect to it. So mm-hmm. I worked on that. I think it was, you know, really successful putting the parking underground and creating more green space there. So the net green space was really, it was increased and they added program to the redevelopment, but they ended up with a lot more green space than they started out with. Um, but I, I'll, I'll do things like, like that, that where people want something with that kind of quality to it. Right, kind of creating a more residential feel in a commercial space. Um, so, you know, I, I also would love to hear from you about um, just some of the 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 architects that you see that are really creating space that resonates with you and are there any projects that you're doing now that you're excited about that you could share with us sure there's a lot that I'm excited about um, so um, I would say about half my work is in Atlanta so in, in Atlanta I my my niche is um, Lennox Park and um, or Tuxedo Park, yeah, I meant to say, and Peachtree Battle Area, um, some in Ansley Park. So some of the older neighborhoods is where I usually work um, on new and old homes. And then fifty percent of my work is out of state, a lot in the southeast. Um, I'm working on a big project um, on the Long Island Sound right now, which is an exciting oh, wow. project. Mm-hmm. So, um, a residential um, project where they tore a house down, but it's, it's waterfront, and it's a beautiful, large house. And it's, it's a lot of fun because it's, it's a little different um, since we don't have a lot of water around here. And it's different than the beaches in, in the south. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a, a different environment. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a great one. Um, and then I'm, I'm, I'm doing some things in Atlanta that are really exciting too, some, some new and old um, homes. But I, I would say what really excites me about 
um, project work is working in a collaborative environment. That's kind of something I seek. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I've heard that it works better when everybody is working together yeah. versus piecemealing it. Mm-hmm. And I um, I love working as a team with people where there's an architect, there's an interior designer, there's an engaged client, there's a great builder, and you have all these people putting their heads together and discussing the project as a team from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So those, those are really the projects I get most excited about. Mm-hmm. And to me, it doesn't matter whether it is a big estate, which we do a lot of that kind of work, but like I will take on a really small project if all of those things are there. If there's a team, they want really high quality, finishes, um, the, the small ones are a lot of fun doing too. Well, and the fact that you said that you really love clean lines and that you live in a contemporary fashion, that is really, I think, with the influx of people moving from California and the Northeast, um, you know, we really are, people want really good contemporary and we don't have a lot here. So I think that's something that is going to continue to grow, maybe. I mean, some of the architects and um, builders I know are trying to go more in that direction, but I love the Palm Springs sort of architecture, and I wish that there was more of that coming here where you have the U-shaped house and you've got, you know, the green in the center and the pool. And um, I think I think that there's, because we're becoming more of a international city, I think that that's something that's going to be coming or people want it more. I mean, I feel like people are asking for that. And one of the things we talked about with Young was that, you know, usually Americans don't really like, it's bigger, throw the house together, especially in new communities. And there's like two houses and some pine straw. But I love to see just a perfect little house that's done so beautifully. And you, you do that really well. And I feel like, you know, as the land becomes more scarce, I'm hoping that we can see more of that um, in Atlanta. And um, so I, I think I want to just end with who inspires you or what has inspired you to become the person you are today? Well, I think um, everyone I meet inspires me, actually. I... I get stuff, I get, in, I get inspiration from re- really the, the teams I work with, definitely, because it's my, it's my work, but um, just in day-to-day life, people inspire me all the time. I, I do love to see beautiful things, art, architecture buildings that's part of the the travel thing too is being able to kind of get away from your day-to-day mode and see something different that that makes you really see makes you really think in a different way but let me back up who was Mm -hmm. the tastemaker when you were growing up was it your mom your dad who Uh, my mom my mom definitely she wouldn't let me wear jeans 
Mm. I could wear corduroys, but I couldn't wear <laughs> jeans because she thought they were like workers' pants or something. Right. But she was like super stylish, and she was musically inclined, and I think I I got a lot about a, just a sense of like fashion and art from her. Although my dad was a was a really artistic person as well. He could draw really well. Because I feel like I feel like somewhere I, I think about my childhood and I think about the importance of the aesthetic and my my nana and how I would go to her house and she was an avid gardener, but it was everything was so tidy and beautiful and smelled really good and it's all these little things that sort of catch up to you and you're probably I mean you're in the era that I am that you know if I wore ripped jeans in front of my parents they were like oh so I'm like well whatever you don't get it but you know they they were very um sort of not conservative but you know people of a almost of a different era Mm -hmm. you know it was like the crossover you know I grew up with eating dinner in candlelight like who does that but they were sort of like trying to hold on to a an era that wasn't in existence really i do that now <clears throat> yeah i do too <laughs> i get so irritated with like you know, i want things to be a certain way because it it really makes me feel good and it's yeah. those little touches but i didn't mean to interrupt you but i i felt like when you were saying that that it must have come started at a young age yeah i i i I think you're right. I mean, it. Um, I I think a lot of things start at a young age. You know, you're influenced by your surroundings, the people you're around, and you know, over time, um, you know, you continue to be, in, you know, influenced by the, the people you spend time with and the places you go, things you see. I'm kind of always looking for like beauty and inspiration everywhere I go. And I think it just kind of filters in, right? It, it filters in and then at some point it, it, you, you, your, your mind and body filters it and then it comes back out as your expression of, of who you are and what you, you know, the way you, the way you view the world. Yeah, and it, I mean, a lot of things, I mean, even in a restaurant, it can be just about the lighting that makes it beautiful. And there's so many, I'm in your business too, the lighting in a garden. I mean, they're very subtle, but it's what creates the experience. And um, I, I loved when I talked um, to a builder I know who's very well-respected, Stan Benecki. Mm -hmm. He said, people often don't know you know how it got there or why they like it but it feels good to them and i'm i right. i feel like um the creative people like you that i'm asking to to come and speak with me are people who are very sensitive to how things feel so Absolutely. and I, I you you do such a beautiful job in creating a space that just makes sense and it just feels good when you walk into it so um well, you were quite a talent, and um, can you, um, so you have your Howard, can you give everybody your website so people can read? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, it's um, Howard Design Studio. Okay. Dot com. Okay. 
And um, you I notice you have several people working for you. You have a big team now. It's not that big. There's seven of us, mm-hmm. and we um, we kind of work together as collaborators too. I'm kind of the I guess creative director of the firm, so I'm my hand is on everything, but I really let them take the projects and run with them and kind of manage the day to day you know, um, activity on all of it. And I try to have kind of a hands-off as much as I can management style Mm -hmm. and let them come to me and review so that I can give them, like, my perspective on it. But I think it's important for anyone in a creative field to kind of have ownership of what they do so yeah, so I have a, a, a team of of seven, and um, everyone has degrees in landscape architecture. Mm, okay. And um, let me think. Everyone, like everyone on my team right now, is is from the southeastern part of the country. Oh, wonderful! So we're all southerners. <laughs> Well, I, I was saying um, in my last one and in my introduction that I think the South is really kind of a leader right now. And I've, I've been very impressed with the talent that I've, because I'm from the Northeast moving here and um, just seeing so, you know, such great architecture and um, just the way Southerners take care of their gardens and just, especially in Atlanta, it's so green. And when I moved here, I was just like, wow, you know, because in D.C., there are a few neighborhoods that you know, have nice gardens, but in general, people are more concerned with their master's degrees and working and blah, 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 than their houses. And really in the South, people take a special care of their homes and it, I love it. Yeah, I, yeah. I think, I think that's correct. And I, and I think that Atlanta has a really unique design community as a, as a whole. Yeah, strong. I'm, I'm a member of some national organizations of designers. And there's certain cities, L.A., Chicago, New York, um, and Atlanta, which are kind of the leaders. And it's really interesting watching the different city groups. Atlanta seems to have a more cohesive group of people where everyone respects each other. Right. They're mm-hmm. friends with one another. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no... Um, even though they may cross over in, in collaborative teams, that everyone really likes each other. So I've, been, I've noticed it's, that. It's, it's, it's a really nice thing. Yes, everybody really wants to help each other along. And yeah. um, Suzanne Kastler was one of the first big-time interior designers that I met here. And I just noticed that there was so much crossover with work. And I never felt like, I felt like everybody that I knew was always trying to help one another. So I think that's what's really nice about the South, and I hope that it stays that way. I hope so, too. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm really pleasure. excited Great to, to see have you. you on here. You're such a talent. Thanks so much, Sarah. So, thank Thanks you. For